0: so, so, and it says previously on previously on NCIS, it previously on CIS, previously on Seinfeld, well, nobody watched Seinfeld, previously on whatever your favorite show is. And then they began to try to catch you up and you knew you missed something last week, and they try to catch you up in about four or five or six different clips so you can be up on point. well, that's kind of where we find ourselves this morning, because as you know, uh, we had children's uh, camp this this weekend, and we uh, uh, it was a great camp. I've already mentioned it. We'll probably mention it some more in a little bit. But uh, um, today is part three. Today is part three. Now, I'm going to do you better than the TV people do, so you just hang on to your hats, okay? We had one verse of Scripture. You see it on the screen. Ephesians 6.10. Ephesians 6.10. Go ahead, uh, Evan. And this is what it says if you're looking up here. It's not going to read like anybody's Bible. It says, Finally, brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And I'll tell you about why it's read a little differently in your, in your translation. But here's what I'd like you to do. I know your seniors. Most of you. Sorry about that. Would you stand to your feet with me? If you can, Steve, can you? Yes, buddy. Here we go. What we've been doing is trying to teach them this verse all week long. We've read it. So would you read it, not out of your Bible because you're going to miss it. Read it off the screen with me. Finally, brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Ephesians 6.10. If you've ever been in Bible drills, you know you always have to follow with the reference. Let's do it one more time because i tried to get them to memorize it. It's one verse of Scripture. If you've not memorized a verse of Scripture in many years, this is a good one. Say it with me. Finally, brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Heavenly Father, make that come real for us today. I pray that you will make us strong in your power and might the way that you have called us to be strong, not the way that we prefer to be strong. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Go ahead. Now, you're going to see up on the top of that, finally, brothers and sisters. And we're going to stop right there just for a second because I want to say a couple of things to you. First of all, if you have the New King James or the King James Version of the Bible, it says, finally, brethren. If you have any other translation, it says finally. I mean, from the Greek manuscripts to the newest translation, the CSV, I got one. I got another one this week. It's a, it's a Charles Spurgeon Bible, and I'm fired up about it. It's a great translation. But from the Greek translations to the CSV, I have not found another translation that puts brethren in there. And I, for our children, I called it brothers and sisters. So why did the King James writers insert brethren or brothers and sisters? I don't know all the answers. I'll just give you an opinion. It's because they, they knew in the times that they lived that people needed to be seen as a family. Paul had written here to the church at Ephesus. He had written to Philipp, the Philippians. He had written to the Colossians. And he was trying to get us to see that we are a family and there is a, there is a commonality of faith. And so he's trying to communicate to us in a subtle way that we are family. Now you know about family; they will drive you crazy, but you don't run off; you stick together. And so, uh, in order to put to get this verse over to our boys and girls, and to you, through the magic of. Technology. I'm going to rearrange this a little bit in more sequential order. Go ahead, Evan. Just we're going to rearrange this a little bit. This is the, this is our our time. This is the way we have focused on this. Finally, brothers and sisters, in the Lord, and in the power of His might, be strong. And so, what we want to do? Hit that one more time, if you will, uh, Evan. This morning, we're talking about Be Strong. If I were to title the message, it is Be Strong. And what I want to say to you is on, with this, this first answers three questions for us. Question one was Friday night. Question two was Saturday afternoon. And then we'll get to question three. And I'm not just going to, this is not going to be snippets and scenes. It's going to help us, okay? The first question that it answers is the conversion question. Are you listening? with these words, in the Lord. In the Lord. To be clear about our relationship to the Lord and the fact that we are in the Lord, everybody in this room will go, yeah, I'm in the Lord. Well, let me just give you three things that you need to know. It's not going to be on the screen. You may want to write it down, but please remember it. The first thing you must know is who He is. The Lord. Who is the Lord? And here's what I want to say to you. I told the children Friday night, He is a person. He is not a figment of our imagination, some ethereal of the mind. He is not uh, just a higher plane. He He is a person. He's the second person in the Trinity. He is the one who left heaven. And He's the one who came to earth through the womb of a little virgin girl. He lived a perfect life. He died the death of a sinner on an old, cruel cross. He rose from the dead, and now He is seated at the right hand of God, and He's making intercession for you and for me. Should I go on? I mean, we could go on all day with that. But here's what I'll tell you. In His death, He paid the price for your sin And for mind. And not just for your sin and mine. He paid the price for the sin of the entire world. And it was through his shed blood that the price of sin was paid. The first song that I wrote and recorded is there is enough Jesus said this, There's enough in my blood to cover you. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, how far you've gone away. There's another song that says you can never go so far that you'll get outside of the love of Christ. We need to settle who He is. The second thing we need to do is settle what He has and what He has for us. You ready for this? He has a plan. He has a plan for you. 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 He has a plan. His plan is, listen, this is not complicated. His plan is for you and me to come to Him by faith, repenting of sin. Now, I've not stepped on anybody's toes yet, but here's where it gets tough. We come to Him by faith, we repent of sin, and we surrender, surrender to Him, As Lord. When we do this, He saves our soul. He takes us from darkness to light, from death to life. And oh, by the way, yeah, from eternal punishment to eternal heaven. And I need to say this about His plan it's the only way. It's the only way. Surrender to Him is the only way. You can't attend Sunday school enough years. You can't come to worship enough times, although both of those things should be in the life of a Christ follower. You cannot do those enough to get into heaven. You cannot lead enough ministries. You cannot give enough money. You cannot do anything else to buy your own way. There is only one way, and Jesus is the way. It's His plan. We got to be in the Lord. Well, brother Jerry, that's just not right. That ain't fair. You ever heard that before? That ain't fair. And I'm just gonna tell you, I disagree. Brother Evan and I were talking about it the other day, and I told him something somebody taught me 30 years ago. It's the most fair way known to man. Not everybody can join a country club. I went up to uh, Arnold Palmer's country. Jack Nicholas's country club up outside of uh, Columbus, Ohio. I couldn't even drive on the property. Hello? Exclusive. But coming to Jesus and being saved is the most fair way I can imagine. Let me tell you three reasons. You write them down, you hang on to them. First of all, everyone's invited. Second of all, everyone's welcomed. And third of all, everybody comes the same way. Everyone's invited, everyone's welcomed, and everybody comes the same way. You see, uh, if you don't know Jesus, it doesn't matter how much you come to church. It doesn't matter how much money you give. It doesn't matter who your granddaddy is or anything else. It only matters what you've done with Jesus. That's the conversion question, who he is, what he has. And I'm just going to offer you one more thing because Americans like this what he offers you know what he offers he offers us a position like none we've ever had he offers us to be in the Lord he offers us to be in his family that's big stuff that makes us that makes us heirs with Jesus we have an inheritance I mean I want you to think of, okay I know my mind runs weird I've been with you long enough some of you have understood that just a little bit okay He puts us as a family member in the royal family. I was writing this uh, for the message today, and this thing came on TV about the royal family in the U.K. and how dysfunctional it is. And I'm thinking, we get to be in a royal family that's not dysfunctional, Steve. When you come to Jesus, you get to be a part of the family. That's our position. So I ask you before I pass this point... Do you know him personally? Has he changed you from the inside out? I haven't asked you what you've done in the church, for the church, or through the church. I ask you, what has he done in your life? That's the conversion question in the Lord. The second question is the confirmation question. The confirmation question that is, in the power of his might. That means he's our source. To understand the power means we, we have a working knowledge of some huge words. If we're going to understand his, the power of His might, we need to have the understanding of some big words. Now, I, 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 I get it. You're adults here. You understand the words that I'm about to give to you. The children didn't, so I took a little time, and I just want to show you what I, what I told them. Move that forward, if you will. Three big words. Omniscient, I'm not present, and omnipotent. Now, everybody knows what all those means, correct? Don't smile at me and act like you're goofy, okay? Here's what I'm going to tell you. All three of those words begin with the prefix O-M-N-I, omni, which means, click that one more time, which means all, all. And so omniscience, if you'll kick it one time for me, omniscience means that he's all-knowing, omnipresent means he's all-present, and omnipotent means he's all-powerful. So he's all everything, knowing, present and powerful. So when you take those words, we meditate on them a few moments. What you can just leave that right there, even, and let them look at it as I just kind of walk down this and talk about and talk about how we can be strong and how we can know that we're confirmed in the family. First of all, I'll speak to you about God's knowledge. God's knowledge. His knowledge is unending. He is omniscient. That means He knows everything. Are you afraid? Are you afraid? He knows everything about you and me. He knows everything we say. He knows what we want to say. He knows what we do. He knows how we do it. He knows what we believe. He knows how we believe it. He even knows, listen what we think and how we think. You see, His knowledge is unending. But here's the amazing part. He knows us and He loves us. Is anybody besides me amazed at that? He knows us and He loves us and He loves us "...with a love that will not die." But listen, He loves us with a love that prefers for us not to die. He wants to make a change in our life, knowing us. He wants to be our Savior and our Lord and our friend. His knowledge of us, for some reason, doesn't cause Him to love us less. It causes Him to love us more." And Romans tells us that it is the love of God that draws us to Him and His birth in His knowledge. The second thing I'll speak to you is about God's power. Think about the power of His might, as opposed to the power of your might, your might, oh, southern male, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. He has the power to create. Genesis, he spoke it. I don't know who heard it. I don't know who responded to it. In fact, if you ask me my concept of you'll like this, Brent. My concept of creation, I believe in the Big Bang Theory. God said it, and bang, it happened. He spoke it. He has the power to create. Not only does He have the power to create, He has the power to hold the universe together. He has the power to heal the sick. He has the power to raise the dead. He has the power to give sight to the blind. He has the power to change me and change you. This means when we place our faith in Him, our trust in Him, we believe in Him, we follow Him, we don't have to fear because He, is near you see paul wrote to timothy and he said god has not given us the fear god has not given us the spirit of fear but one of power and of love and i kind of think paul didn't know me then when he said and a sound mind power love and a sound mind You see, living in God's power keeps us from the evil one. Brother Jerry, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You bet, but listen to me. Greater is he who is in the world than you are if you go it on your own. You'll lose every time. God's power, omnipotent. Then I'll just say God's might, which is characterized by his omnipresence, You see, God's knowledge touches us with His love. God's power draws us. God's might keeps us. He keeps us in His care. With His might, He holds you. With His might, He cares for you. With the might, He keeps you. His omnipresence surrounds you wherever you are. I'm just going to tell you, I heard Jack Taylor say this many years ago. Satan is not omniscient. He's smart, but he's not omniscient. He is a not omnipotent. He's powerful, but he's not omnipotent. He's not omnipresent. He's fast, but he's not omnipresent. And I will tell you, in my life, Satan is really fast. He can move from one thing to another, one place to another, pretty quickly. So we need what our Lord Jesus has. But, folks, when we live in the Lord, when we live in the power of His might, it changes us for the better. It changes us for eternity. Have you been changed? this answers the go ahead Evan this answers the conversion question and the confirmation question. This is where we have brought our children till so today And you know Brother Jerry, did you say all of that to the children? Well no the workers who were here will tell you that I tried to put it in their language and keep it in a time frame that they could uh, embrace. But here's the big question today. We've talked about the conversion question in the Lord, the confirmation question, and the power of His might. And we end our time together today with the confidence question. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. strong. As I studied for this, my heart was pricked again. What is it? What is it that gives Christ followers the ability to stand up in the face of real persecution? Now, I want to preface that with this. We guys in America, we don't know anything about real persecution. Persecution. an organization open windows, open doors side of Mobile it ministers to the persecuted church around the world there are more people today being killed for no other reason than what you're doing this morning expressing your belief in Christ And we know it wasn't too many years ago that Twelve Christians were marched out on the beach and beheaded for no other reason than they're following Christ. I've had, I've lost, I can't, gotta find it. I've lost, lost one of the books, but had two books in my library. One was the Anabaptist story. If your philosophy of life is God's got this, God's got it, but you better, as I told. Kenny yesterday, but God's view looks at it in his timeline eternity past to eternity present to eternity future. The Anabaptists, God finally brought them through, but it's 150, 180 years of real persecution being burned in the middle of town square, being beheaded imprisoned for no other reason than they trusted Christ. They said they trusted Christ. What gives somebody that kind of confidence? You look at the Fox's Book of Mortars. I just kind of scanned it yesterday and I had forgotten how many people were tied to a stake and the crowds put in up there so that they could be burned. I'm reminded of one He had a beard. And they came up and put gunpowder in his beard. You know what his response was? Rub it in because I'm going to see my Lord. What is it that causes someone to be strong like that in the face of persecution? It would only be that they've not answered the cultural conversion question I'm going to church because it's the right thing to do. I'm going to church because all my friends and neighbors are going to church. I'm going to church because it's my habit. My mom and dad taught me. The truth is, the truth is for the person who's been changed, he doesn't go to church, he is a church. And he goes to worship the Lord that saved him from his sin. I'd be remiss if I didn't point out to you that the Old Testament... In the Old Testament, God repeatedly said, Be strong and courageous. And He spoke about people being strengthened or being strong. And it was always in the Lord. For us today, we must settle that conversion question because we have been converted. Converted. We must settle the confirmation question that we're now living not only in the Lord, but in the power of His might, not in the power of our might. I have a deep fear. When I close my eyes at night, I look across this worship center, and now we're having folks two services. last two weeks we've had over 200 people combined. And I pray, dear Lord, have I not spoken the word clearly enough? Have I not spoken in the spirit enough that people quit living in their own power and they live in your power? That they settled this conversion question. They're in the Lord. They settle the confirmation question because they sense God's the power of God's might around them. And so they can be strong no matter what comes their way. It's tough. It's tough to stand against Good things unless you have signed on to the best thing. The confidence question is not answered by human arrogance, overconfidence, or pride. The confidence question comes from a comes from and through. Our Lord Jesus. Hear what the New Testament says. Let me just give you a couple of things. To Timothy, Paul writes You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Jesus Christ. It is in and by grace that we can be strengthened and we can find our strength. To the Colossi church, Colossians, he writes. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. You see we get it from him we get it through him. And here's the big one it's the one it's the one that we really misunderstand and we misquote. it is Philippians 4:13. People will go, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, yeah, I got it. But that's not really what the Scripture says. It doesn't give you the power to go whoop up on the people who are your enemies. You know what it says? Watch this. I'm going to pick up in verse 10. Paul writes, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. He's talking to the Philippi church. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. That meant they had no opportunity to help. Not that I am speaking of being in need. Here it comes. For I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all these things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, the truth is, one who's trying to convince everybody I got this because I got him I can do whatever he wants with respect it's taking the scripture out of context you see being strong I want you to hear this being strong is not always about winning it's more often about being a witness Being strong is leaning on Him. It's us being a witness to Him, for Him, His power, His presence, and His purpose for you. As I end, are you strong today because you've answered these three questions in your heart? Not to me. Have you answered these three questions in your heart? Let me tell you what's at stake. We'll have 30 or 40 kids here. That's what's at stake. We'll have more teenagers. Sit. They'll be scattered today than down where they usually sit. Last week, we had almost 30 teenagers here. That's what's at stake. Because they don't see Him in us answering these questions in us. If they don't see this in us... They had no reason to embrace it. Our world, our country. I could stop right there and preach another sermon. Our country, our culture, need to see believers who are strong, not in their own but in the power and might of Jesus Christ because they are in Jesus Christ and they've learned how to live and walk in His strength. If people say anything about us collectively or individually, I pray that we walk in such a way that they see us walking in and with Him. Let's pray together.